Don't just long that God take away the circumstance. Long that through the circumstance, your worship ignites. That's hope as he does something amazing and healing in your life. Well, hey, it is great to be here and to be continuing in this series that we've been working through in hope that heals. And uh, it, it has been definitely, um, well, let's just, let's just be honest. We're living in some crazy times right now, aren't we? Sometimes that just never before and, and sometimes just so surreal. And you know, we're thinking through that a little bit and... and uh, you know, in our house, in our family, we love people. Uh, and what do I mean by that? I mean, we, we love people, but we love having a lot of people together. And you can imagine over this last couple months with that, but we, we've had multiple um, foreign exchange students and others who've lived with us in our house. Actually, in the last uh, 11 years, we were counting up the other night. Uh, I think we've had 18 different students that have lived with us over the at different times here in the last 11 years. And it was, it was a great opportunity for uh, our three children that are now uh, grown and raised and married and on their own, but, but they were able to grow up in some cross-cultural ministry and yet within our home. And, but even at the start of this March, we had a South Korean student that was living with us. We had a Chinese student who was living with us. We had uh, Luke Comper, if you guys know Pastor Abraham, the senior pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel, Jock Mel. His son, who's in college, has been living with us for the last two years and was finishing up at ICC. And then my niece, Megan, uh, has also been living with us. Uh, she, her, her folks, uh, she grew up on the mission field in Costa Rica and uh, also in college. And so we had kind of a full house at the start of March. And then when all of this hit and the students one by one was started heading to different places, some going home and others ending up uh, in Florida, Luke moved down there with family as well as he finished up at ICC. And, and then Megan's parents, my brother and sister-in-law actually have moved back to Michigan area. So she's actually been going up there some on weekends. And all of a sudden this house that was full of people now has Tiffany and myself. I say it's, it's a good thing that we like each other. At least I hope she likes me. I, I know I drive her crazy at times. But it's been just an, an interesting time as we are so isolated right now. It's so easy to, to, to feel alone. And, and that's really what we're going to look at here today of, of hope that heals and, 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 and loneliness. What do you do when you're all by yourself? If you got your Bibles there, just turn to Isaiah. We're going to continue. Last week we were in Isaiah 40. This week we're going to be in Isaiah 41. As we pick up there, Isaiah 41, and really the back half of the book of Isaiah uh, is all prophetic. And here, Isaiah the prophet, and, and God starts to reveal things that were going to happen in the future. And, and in chapter 41, we see here, God is actually going to be speaking through these 13 verses. And he's, he's talking about the, they're talking to the Israelites and to those kingdoms that were around that area during the Babylonian exile. 
And this is the time that, that, that actually the, the, the country, the, the empire of Babylon defeated Israel and then took many of the Israelites back and made them slaves and a part of the Babylonian culture. And, and, and this was all a result of the, of the sin of Israel and their false worship. But actually, these events that are being uh, really talked about here in Isaiah 41 are going to take place over a hundred years in the future from when Isaiah actually writes this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Much of these things we will see here in the book of Daniel that is taking place. And so we're going to pick up here with, chat, or with verse 1 of chapter 41 of Isaiah. And point number one. Worship him as Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Worship him. Worship God as Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Verse 1, listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach. Let them speak. Let us together draw near for judgment. Starts off with listen to me in silence. Literally what he's saying is be silent or better yet he's saying, hey, listen up. What I have to say is very important. Listen up, O coastlands. You gotta remember the nation of Israel is on the uh, coast of the Mediterranean and, and really being sp spoken here is to all of those surrounding nations there in the Mediterranean and all of those islands and countries that were in that area. And God's saying, now pay attention, there's something to be said here. He says, let the, let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach. Let them speak. Be encouraged by what takes place is really what, what's being said. Come together. Let them sit down. Let, let, them, let, let them voice their opinions and, and their concerns about what's taking place. And then the last phrase, let us draw near for judgment. Literally what, what's being said here is, let, let us gather together. Let, let's get close here for a decision that's going to be made. Verse 2, who stirred, who stirred up one from the east, whom victory meets at every step. He gives up nations before him so that he tramples kings underfoot. He makes them like dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them and passes on safely by the paths his feet have not trod. He starts off with a question here, kind of rhetorical question. He says, who stirred up this one from the east? And he's asking this question knowing the answer full well, and he's going to reveal that answer here in just a moment. But it's saying someone who has raised up this one who will come from the east, who victory meets at every step. This one, this leader that will come up and start seeing victory after victory after victory as he starts taking over the, and controlling the region there with these military victories that are going to take place. Uh, the paths uh, of his feet have not trod. He says there, there at the end, literally saying he's going to be going in areas that have not been even conquered yet. That he tramples kings underfoot. Literally, it, it's that he's just, he's just squashing them into the dust. He makes them like dust with his sword and driven stubble with his bow. He's just utterly defeating 
anyone who comes up against this. And who is being talked about here? Well, what we see and what we know from history and from later on in the book of Isaiah, the one being mentioned here is Cyrus the Great. Cyrus the second here, uh, mentioned in Isaiah 44, 28 and, and 45, 1 here. Actually, he's mentioned by name. Think about that. This prophecy here is mentioning this man by name over 100 years in advance. This one who would come up out of the Medes and Persian Empire and would t take control of that and then take control of the Babylonian Empire that it was so established at that time. It's actually one in later chapters here in, in 44 that God says that this one Cyrus who was who raised up, who isn't even necessarily a believer, but he says he will be my shepherd, meaning he's going to care for my sheep, talking about the Israelites that were in exile. We know that Cyrus was very supportive and friendly of the Israelites who were in captivity and eventually will actually give orders here in the book of Ezra where he sends them back to establish the temple uh, that will be rebuilt here later in the future. And so we see here, God is saying here, who has raised up this one? Where did this, this one, this conqueror that will come and do this work that God has foreordained and planned? And then he answers this question in verse four. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he. Who is it that, that has raised up this one? Who, who is behind the scenes pulling all of the strings for all that will take place? And God is saying, I am the one, I the Lord. Here we see the personal name of God here, Yahweh, all in caps there, Lord. He says, I am the one, I am the first and the last. We see in the New Testament here where he's called the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega, the last letter of the Greek alphabet. I, the one who was from eternity past, who never had a beginning, and am and will continue in eternity future. I, the one, the Lord, I am he. Literally what God's saying here is, I am at work. God is at work. Everybody say that right now. God is at work. One more time, a little louder there. That's a little better there. Okay. We see here also, I am he here. This is one of those I am statements that we see in scripture. We saw this, uh, it started with, with Moses in the burning bush where, where Moses said, whom shall I tell him has sent me as I go back to Pharaoh? And he says, you tell them that I am has sent me. God here referencing the, the name of God. Uh, we see this, this, this name of God, I am, is actually going to be used four more times in the book of Isaiah. We see it, it will be used here seven times in the New Testament here as, as Jesus there takes that name and, and over and over uses the name I am there. We see that God here is the one who is at work. Even when we don't understand what is going on, we can trust and worship our sovereign God even when we don't understand. Here's three things to know about God and remember in these tough times. 
Three things to remember about God in tough times. Number one, he knows all. He knows all. God is literally all-knowing. He's omniscient. He knows everything that's taking place. He knows all the events that are happening, that will happen. He knows what we're thinking, what we're doing. He knows why we're thinking, why, why we're doing the things that we're doing. He is all-knowing. He is all-planning. Everything is already mapped out and planned according to his sovereign will. Even within our sin and, and decisions that we make still fit somehow within God's sovereign plan. But he knows all. We can trust him because he knows all. But number two, we can trust him because he can do all. He is all powerful. He is, he is the one that, that it says in the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, who spoke the world into existence. Just by a word, nothing became something. And not only something, but something amazing in the creation that we see. We see in Colossians, not only is he the creator, but he's the sustainer. He's the one that's holding it all together. Fitting it all together. He knows all, but he can do all. Believe you, me, if God can speak the world into existence, he can handle whatever problems that I have going on. I can trust him in that. And then number three, he loves you with all he's got. He loves you with all he's got. He loves you and me so much that he was willing to sacrifice himself for us. How much he loves us. By the way, if this sounds familiar, this is that trust triangle that Pastor Tim talked about four weeks ago. And it's just something that over and over has just been repeating and I've been reminded of over this past month here of the fact that he knows all, he can do all, and he loves me and loves you with all that he's got. He can be trusted. You see, uh, we see the circumstances but God sees the plan. Let me say that again. We see the circumstances. God sees the plan. Don't ever lose sight of that. No matter what's going on, we see all of the upside down and turmoil and things that are going on in the world and so much affected by the circumstances of life that's so easy to get caught up and that's all that we see is right before us. But God sees the plan. I was thinking back about this and I was reminded here about 11 years ago, uh, my wife and I and our family, we actually made a transition and we came to Summit Point Church. Actually, it was called something else back then. But uh, uh, through that transition, it was actually a very difficult trans transition for us. I remember in the early days as, as, as the Sundays when we would come in, actually uh, we were meeting at Embassy Suites and that was way back when it was a quarter ballroom we were meeting, eventually went to half ballroom, even three quarters before we moved into this building here. But for, for it was about the, the first, it was a good three months or so that every service I would look over and my wife would just be in tears crying. And it was, some of it was a little bit of hurt, but a lot of it, it was just so refreshing and God was doing a work in us. You see, we, uh, we were going through a time and actually it was a several month period that led up to that transition. Uh, and we were going through a tough time. And there was a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and we, we had been in a ministry and had a lot of friends and, and folks that we were close with and, and we had a plan. 
And, and, and we, we had gotten comfortable in that plan, but, but God had a different plan. And for us, it was something that it took us getting very uncomfortable for us actually to get on board and start moving according to God's plan. Sometimes I like to describe it this way as, as we, were, we were in a tree and we had climbed up and we were getting higher and higher in that tree and, and God and the circumstances, use those circumstances and he just started shaking that tree. And man, we were hanging onto those branches and we would slip and we'd grab the next branch and we'd grab the next branch and we were just hanging on for dear life. And what we didn't realize, as soon as we let go, God then caught us and he had a completely different tree. Uh, just such a better fit and plan for us if we would just let go and trust him in that plan. We see the circumstances, but God sees the plan. Where, where have you been confused at what God may be doing? Maybe over the last, maybe the last few days, weeks, Months, hurts, struggles, loneliness that, that has set in. Maybe it's, it's things where, where you start doubting. God, are you, are you there? Do you care about me? Do you even know what's going on? What's going to happen? Maybe it's job related. Maybe it's, it's people related. Maybe it's just due to Isolation. Now let me ask you, in the midst of that, where have you seen God working in your life? Where have you seen him at work? What are some things as you start to recount now, some things that you can worship God in the midst of what's taking place? Let's continue number two here. Don't despair. The creator God is always with those who are his. Don't despair. He's always with those who are his. Verse five, the coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble. They have drawn near and come. Everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, be strong. The craftsman strengthens the goldsmith and he who smooths with the hammer, him who strikes the anvil, saying of the solder, it is good. And they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. We see that the, the, the coastlands have seen and are afraid. Literally saying the coastlands, all of those countries and things that, that are in that region, they saw what was taking place. They saw this one whom God had raised up in the east who starts conquering country after country, region after region. And it says that they become afraid and they start to tremble and they start to worry and as they hear of more and more of the conquest and they, they hear it getting closer and closer to where their country was and what was going on, they become more and more afraid. And it says they literally, they draw near together, that they come together. It says everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, be strong. You can just see them, they're coming along, they're trying to encourage each other, trying to buck each other up and pat each other. It's gonna be okay, be strong. Hang tough in the midst of this, we're gonna be okay. And yet we know that that is the farthest from the truth of what is taking place here. The craftsman strengthens the, gold, the goldsmith and he who smooths the hammer, 
him who strikes the anvil. We see they start partnering together to try to put up a defense. And some of this maybe even hints, some suggest maybe even to, to make up some idols that they can worship in the midst that maybe this God that they've created will save them from this one who is coming, who is conquering and taking over the world as they know it. And, and so they, they, they are fearful. Those nations are fearful of what is taking place. And then God turns his, his, his voice towards the children of Israel here. And he says, uh, verse eight, but you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. He says, but you, Israel, here, God starts talking here now in the midst of all of what's going on in the countries now, I'm speaking to you, my people. Servant, my servant Jacob here. This is actually a, 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 an encouraging term here that he's using here. It's a, it's a place of honor, the one whom God has chosen to, to serve me in this. He says, you, Israel, the one whom I have chosen. Right where you're at, everybody say Chosen. A little louder. Yes, the one whom I've chosen, my servant Jacob. He said, the children of Abraham, my friend. Remember, it was said of Abraham, the, the one whom God called a friend. The descendants of Abraham, the children of Israel, uh, of Israel the ch children of Abraham. You, you can hear the love that God has for his people here, even in, in the titles that he's given. Verse 90 says, You whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corner, saying to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. He says, Look, you are the ones that I've gathered in from, from the corners of the, of the earth. Literally, what had taken place is because of their sin and because God was doing a work and, and, and chastening, they had been dispersed throughout the regions. They had been taken into captivity, and the northern kingdom was taken into Syria, and the southern kingdom was taken to, to Babylon. And, and God now is starting to gather them together, talking about the day in which they would be brought back to Israel. And he says, I've taken from the ends of the earth and called you from the farthest corners. He says, I have chosen you. I've selected you. I've got a plan for you. You're not forgotten. You can imagine here being in exile, being slaves and, and cast about for many years. How the, that those doubts start to creep in. Where is God? He has forgotten us. Maybe there's been some moments in the last few months where maybe you've felt a little forgotten, like, like you've been left behind. God's saying, look, no one's been left behind. Take courage. I'm here. Verse 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He says, take courage. Cheer up. Don't worry about it. I am with you. Don't, don't, don't be confused by this. You are my chosen people. You're mine, God's saying. I will build you up. I, I will help you. 
I will keep you, hold you here in my right hand. I am right there with you, always with those who are his. You are protected. He is right there with you. Say it right where you're at. He is with us. He's with us. Have you felt left behind? Have you felt lonely? Has there been some times maybe where you can reflect though in the midst of that where maybe you've seen and felt and experienced yet some sweet time of worship with him where you realize the presence of God in your life? You know, uh, we've had a lot of time to do a lot of things here in the last couple of months, but uh, one of the things we've had a little more time to do is to, to do some binge watching. Well, <clears throat> I've been watching, uh, actually my wife and I have been watching a, a show uh, on the History Channel, and we went kind of back and have been watching previous seasons here, and for some reason I, I hadn't really seen it here as it's been on for a number of years, and one of my favorite shows is, is Mountain Men, but that's not the one here I'm talking about. We've been watching actually the, the show alone. It's one of the re reality shows here. And, and what the premise is, they take uh, these survival experts and they bring 10 of them and they bring them into a, a remote area and there's different places where they drop them off. And the premise is this, they are completely by themselves. They've got their own camera equipment and they, they film themselves here throughout the day and the things that they're doing. And they've got a satellite phone and, and they just, they've got a few tools to, to get by with and the rest they've got to come up with it as they uh, are completely alone and isolated. And uh, they go as long as they can. And they can, they can phone in and they can tap out anytime they want. And the rescue uh, boat or helicopter or whatever will come and pick them up. And the last one that's there will win a half a million dollars. And, and so it, it's been interesting. I, I like a lot of the outdoor and, and backpacking and things like that. And done a lot over the years. And, and to see these supposed experts. And it's just amazing to, to Tiffany and I as we've been watching this of, of seeing the, at how quickly the effect of isolation uh, j just so permeates the thinking uh, of people. And, and as we see them as they're isolated, not only that, they're out in the wild and, and, and most of, and some of the places they're at here and uh, they're, they're, there's bears and mountain lions and, and wolves and different things like that. And, and, and man, for many, I, literally it takes a day or two for some until they're ready to quit. And they start hearing that. It's interesting that especially at night when they would hear those animals and sometimes getting even closer to where they're at and, and, and how the fears just start to escalate. And so some of them are, are actually very legitimate fears. Don't get me wrong. Uh, sometimes they, they actually are in danger. But, but that isolation and those fears and, and it just spirals. And literally my wife and I kind of got in a little game here as they'll say something. It's the first one they can guess. And say, oh, okay, he's done. I'm calling it, he's done. And you can almost see it ahead of time where even a day before, <clears throat> because of things that they say in that, man, they've checked out. The fears and the isolation has gotten to them. And really the, the, the point in that is, is that it is just clear that we can't do it. We can't make it by ourselves. It's the same thing God's talking about here. In the midst of our isolation, 
We need to realize we're not alone. God says, we're not alone. I'm right there. I've chosen you. I've got a plan for you. Look for, look for God's sightings this week. Look for things that take place where, where you can see and worship and say, now that was God at work in this situation. Thank him for that. Praise him for that. Remember that you're not alone. One of the best ways is to spend regular time with the Lord each day. That leads us to number three. Fear not. The creator God always helps those who are his. Fear not. The creator God always helps those who are his. Verse 11. Behold. When we see behold, what do we say? Check it out. All who are incensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. Check this out, God's saying. All of, of those who are angry against you, incensed against you, shall, shall be shamed. They shall be confused, con confounded by what takes place. Those who, who strive against you, those who are, who are at war, those who are trying to defeat here Israel, those who had put them in captivity, who had made them slaves, who had pulled them away from their homes, isolated away from, from what God originally had intended and all of it as chastening here. But God was saying in this situation, his promise to them was that those who strive against you shall be as nothing, they shall perish. They're going to be destroyed. They're going to die. Verse 12, you shall seek those who contend with you. You shall not find them. Those who war against you shall be as nothing at all. You're going to look around and say, wait a minute, where were all those that, that were against us? You're not going to be able to find them. Why? Because they've disappeared. Literally what God's saying is because they've been wiped off the face of the earth. This was something that God was doing with the nation of Israel, with his people here, as he let them go away, but yet said, I'm going to bring this remnant back. And in the process, was going to do a work here with the nation of Babylon and with the Medes and Persians as well. And, and then verse 13, he says, for I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand it is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. For I, the Lord your God. Again, we see the personal name of God here, Yahweh. I, the Lord, I hold your right hand. And I say, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm the one who helps you. I, I used to love it when, when, our, when our kids were younger and, uh, <clears throat> you know, we would be in, in, in a crowded place and we'd be around a lot of people and sometimes you'd be in large gatherings and 4th of July and different things would be these masses of people and the more chaotic and, and uncertain they were, the closer our kids would, would stand by us and, and so often all it took was just reaching down and taking hold of their hand and just holding their hand, it was amazing how just by having their hand and taking hold of their hand brought immediate security and safety to them. You, you could literally, as you felt, and at first it would be tense and then it would just 
relax because they felt safe and secure. Sometimes even in a lot of crowded times, I would take and pick up and actually put on my shoulders, put, put them up there, and they'd ride up high. And what was fearful and chaotic and scary and alone now just became completely safe and secure. And that's literally what God's saying to us is saying, look, no matter what's going on, no matter how isolated, how alone you feel and whatever's taking place, I'm there right there to take a hold of your right hand. I'll be right here with you. You've got nothing to worry about. You've got nothing to be afraid about. So what, what, are, what are you afraid of right now? What, what are the worries or anxieties that, that maybe just are dominating your thoughts day in and day out? What are you struggling with? What, what is it maybe that you're trying to muscle through and come up and make decisions and fix the problem yourself, but it just keeps spiraling and not coming to the solution that you were hoping for? What is it that you've been struggling with this week? There's a story told of, of a father who was in his house and was standing in the kitchen there looking out the, the, the back window at his son who was playing in a sandbox. And a few years before, he had built this sandbox and he, he'd built the wood sides to this and come in and just brought in a lot of sand there. And the sandbox didn't actually have a bottom in it, just kind of sand there on top of the ground. And his son would just spend hours and hours and had trucks and would dig in that sand and build sand castles and different things. But this day he looks out and he sees his son and he'd been digging around and, and clearly his son had, had, had stumbled upon a rock as he dug down into the ground. And, and he kind of caught the top of the edge of that rock and, and over a period of time the father just, just kind of just stayed there and started watching his son <coughs> as he started digging around the, the edges of the rock and he start to pull and kind of push a little, trying to, clearly trying to remove that rock. And as he watched his son toil and labor and dig a little more and pull a little more, and it just didn't seem like it was moving, he could see the frustration that was just mounting here on this little boy's face. And to the point that he, he could see his son was getting upset and tears were starting to come down. His, as he was so frustrated, he just couldn't get that rock. And about that time, the father then walks out the back door and he goes down to his son and he says, hey, buddy, are you all right? And the boy says, I just can't get this rock out of here. He says, it's okay, it's all right, it's not a big deal. He says, no, I've been trying and trying. Daddy, I've done everything that I could do. And I just can't get it. And his father said, no, you didn't. He said, yes, I did, Dad. I've worked and I've worked and I've done everything I could do. And he said, you didn't ask me. You didn't ask me. And the father goes down. He kind of digs around the corner and reaches down and pulls and picks up this rock and drops it outside the sandbox. He says, I got you, buddy. I'll take care of it. You know, so often, I think that's me. I'm trying to figure it out and muscle it and do all that I can. And the whole time God's saying, look, I'm here. I'm right here with you. I am the one who will help you. You just got to ask. You just got to give it over to me. 
Are you feeling alone? Isolated? Maybe you've been trying to figure out what the next steps are going to be. And you've been muscling it. And the more that you struggle, the more that you work at it, the more alone that you feel. This passage is for us. He's saying, look, I have a plan. God has a plan for each of us. We just got to turn it over to him. So what do you need to give over to the Lord today? What is it maybe that you're still trying to fix yourself? Or maybe it's that despair that just seems to be so overwhelming. And the whole time, God's saying, I'm right here. I'm just waiting for you to reach out and I'm gonna take your hand. Trust your God. He's never failing. He's always there. And he's ready to take that burden from us. Let's pray. 